just laugh and say, hey, cut that out and get back to my sleeping because I know that God's the biggest and he's watching all the while. So when I get scared, I'll think of him and close my eyes and smile. God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. I scared you when you saw me on TV. Well, that's okay, because now I know that God is taking care of me. God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. Oh, God is bigger than the boogeyman. And he's watching out for you and me. One more time. Tales? Yes. Who has never seen or heard that song in their entire life before? Oh, that's sad. Okay. Okay, so this this was one of my favorite VHS tapes to watch when I was little. And yes, I know using the term VHS ages me a little bit. It's this like little video cassette thing before DVDs and Netflix. Okay, look it up. It's it's great. Okay. Um, but I've been thinking, I've been thinking about this song a lot lately because I've been preparing for this talk tonight. And I'm really anxious. I'm really anxious about this message because we are focusing on fear and struggle and anxiety. Um, and I will tell you up front that this is something that I struggle with and it sucks. So, um, yeah. So I give you that little piece of happiness um, that is VeggieTales because it's amazing. Um, yeah, but tonight, I'm just going to say up front, tonight might be hard for you. Um, but more importantly than just talking about anxiety and all of that grossness, we're talking about the value of community in the face of anxiety and fear. So when I was thinking about this, I started to ask myself, what were some of my first experiences with fear? What are, my, some of, what are some of my earliest memories I have of being afraid? Some of the first things that came to mind were losing sight of my parents in a store. That happened to anybody? You get lost in a store. It's terrifying because you're little and the aisles are really big and you're like, okay. Um, or being fully convinced like Junior that there's a monster in my closet or under my bed. Definitely went through that phase. But in those moments, just remembering that little song from VeggieTales was enough to get me through it, which was really cool. Um, but one thing that I've learned as I've gotten older is that fear doesn't go away once you realize that the monster in your closet is just a sweater. 
Um, there's still things around us and in our lives that make us afraid. Um, and a lot of you in this room right now are probably afraid. Maybe you're new here. You're afraid you won't be able to make friends, afraid you won't be able to be accepted. Um, I will tell you from here that we love all of you, and we're so excited that all of you are here. Um, and we're supposed to be better together, right? So we're accepting those new people. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Some of you new seventh graders are probably a little bit afraid about starting middle school. Is that true at all, seventh graders? Yeah? No? Okay. Some of you ninth graders are probably a little bit nervous about starting high school. Yeah? Some of you seniors are probably worrying about what's next after high school. I'm still trying to figure it out. You're great. Not to mention all the things in between all of those transitions. Am I going to pass this test? Am I going to win this game? Will I get this paper done on time? Am I going to get enough likes on this post? Will I find friends at this school? Will I make it on to this sports team? Or will I be on this cast list? What happens if I don't? And as if we need more proof of this. Do I have my slides? There we go. So um, there's a quote. This is a quote I found from an anxiety specialist named Dr. Dr. Richard Leahy. And it says, the average high school student today has the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the early 1950s. Let that sink in for just a second. The amount of anxiety this world has for us because of the media, because of the pressures to perform, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, that's normal now. That would be astronomical, just like 50 years ago. It's crazy. You guys are under a lot of pressure, and you're surrounded by things that make you anxious and afraid. And a lot of you are like, yeah, Jordan, we know this is not helping. Can we move on, right? I'm right there with you. So let's, let's get to the big question here. How do we navigate through fear? And let me tell you first that this is a question I can't fully answer for you here tonight because every journey is different. And some of us may get through struggles with fear and anxiety tonight. Some might in a week. Some might when you see Jesus face to face. Um, It's just, it's open-ended. But what I can tell you is what God says in here about fear. And I can tell you a little bit about what he's taught me in the past 22 years. That's how long I've been alive, in case you didn't know. Um, So how many of you, just think about this concept for a second. How many of you have ever been through a haunted house? Okay, good amount of you. How many of you liked it and thought it was fun? Okay, still still a good amount of you. How many of you, how many of you were thinking, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Get me out of here. That was me. <laughs> um, I'd said I definitely fall in that second category. I'm not the kind of person that would ever voluntarily walk through a haunted house, or so I thought. But I have actually done a haunted house, and I actually had some good memories. And it's crazy. But um, there was this haunted house that my hometown always sets up in this old meat locker downtown, which is like, perfect for a haunted house if you're like into that sort of thing there's terrifying um and one year my friends decided they all really wanted to go through it i was not a fan of the idea but i went along with it because you know my friends are going it's it'll be fine 
Um, I was maybe in sixth or seventh grade at the time. So we get our tickets, and we walk through, we get our tickets to walk through this thing, and we get in line, and everybody starts talking about what we think we're going to see in there. Everyone's excited and energized, right? You're, like, excitedly chatting in line. And then as we get closer and closer to the front of the line, we start to get a little quieter. Our eyes get a little bigger, and our breathing gets a little faster. And by the time our group was up to walk through by the time we were the next group. We were all looking at each other like, what did we get ourselves into? Oh, no. Um, but they called our group forward, and we walked inside. And let me tell you, the only reason that I am standing here today and not still in that stupid meat locker was because my friends held my hands and walked with me. We were all scared. We were running for our lives in there. Or it felt like it. I know we weren't in danger, but still. But we held on to each other the whole way through. And I was, I was reminded of this experience all over again this past Saturday because I did this little thing called mountain trip. Has anybody heard of the mountain trip? You've been on the mountain trip? Raise your hand. Right? So there's a lot of you that know what I'm talking about. For those that don't know, the mountain trip is something that FBC does every year where we take sixth graders who are getting ready for seventh grade and we take their parents and we hike a mountain in Colorado. Specifically, we hike this mountain. This is Mount Sherman, and then it's really, really tall. And this was my first experience tackling anything like that. Hiking in Kansas versus hiking in Colorado. It's a difference, right? And the mountain may not have had murderous clowns or severed heads on it, but it was like walking through that haunted house all over again. It was the most difficult thing I've ever put my body through, And when I tried to look up at the top of the mountain, I had that feeling in my gut, you know, that fight or fight, fight or flight response that you talk about in biology, where it's like, am I going to fight this? Am I going to run away? My body was like, nope, this is not okay. And I know a lot of you in this room probably had that experience on the mountain. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it was hard. My seventh graders over here are like, stop talking, we're not ready. Um... But here, here, was my, here was my comfort on this mountain. I would look around at the moms helping their daughters or the daughters helping their moms. And I would, I would hear someone shout some encouragement back to me and suddenly I had enough strength to get another 10 steps. And then I would look up at the encouragement happening around me and I would be able to get another 10 steps. And I realized, just like with a haunted house, that I would never have gotten up that mountain without the people who were with me. At one point on the hike, I looked over to the sides of the trail, and there were all these wildflowers growing out of the side of the mountain, which just, I was not expecting that. Keelan had, like, been preparing me, and she was like, it's just a rock. There's nothing there. It's just a rock. Um, but even with the wind bearing down on us, it was, like, 30-degree weather, and there were jagged, loose rocks sliding around on our feet. These flowers were not only there, but they were blooming. They were thriving. And I know it sounds a little weird to be encouraged by flowers, but I was. Like, I thought if these little flowers can be on this mountain and survive, then so can I. Let me get my notes here. And I think, I think so often when we're walking through a difficult season in our lives, maybe your parents are going through a divorce, maybe you've lost a friend or a loved one, maybe... You've had a fight with someone. Maybe school just sucks and you don't want to go back in a couple months. 
But in the midst of all of that, we can lose sight of the people that God has placed in our lives to walk alongside us. But look around you. Seriously, look to the left, look to the right. There are people in this room who are going through the same things that you are right now. They're walking through the same fears, the same dark places. No one's life is as perfect as Instagram accounts would want you to think. Right? Yeah. God tells us in Hebrews, hold on. Okay, there's another picture of the mountain. There's my flowers. There's my wildflowers I was talking about. All right, Hebrews 10. 24 to 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We are designed for this. We are designed to be in community together with one another, to be encouraging to one another right? From the very beginning when God made man, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And then he made Eve. And he gave us the first example of relationship, of community, right? And that's what we're still called to today. When we're in the grip of anxiety, though, and or depression or fear, it's like these blinders come up over our eyes and they make us believe that we're on our own, that no one understands, that no one's there to help us. God never meant that to be the plan, right? These are things that the enemy uses to isolate you. And I know, I know when you're in the middle of that, it feels like you are completely alone. No one understands. No one hears you. They do. You have to reach out. God is reaching out his hand to you right now and saying, child, you are not alone. Like Liam reminded us in prayer earlier, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Ever. So I want to talk to you all about one more walk. And this one you can find in your Bibles. If you turn to Mark chapter 16, if you don't have a Bible, there's some on these back tables or the words are right behind me. Um, so you can follow along. It says this, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they might go and anoint him, him being Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. So some backstory here, if you haven't quite put it together. This is when uh, Jesus has just died. Jesus has just been crucified and buried in a tomb three days before where we are right here in Scripture. And these women in this passage have walked with Jesus and followed him for a long time. And they've just watched him die the most brutal and awful death imaginable. And they're on this walk to the place where Jesus' body was buried so that they can show him dignity and love and respect even in death. That's what they wanted to do. But this is not a pleasant stroll that we're talking about. This is a painful and difficult journey. It goes on to say, and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And now they have another problem because this stone they're talking about is a giant rock covering the entrance of the tomb. And they're not strong enough to move it. Like, imagine me, little me, trying to move a massive rock. It's not going to happen, right? But what really, what really catches me in this story is 
that they don't turn around. I mean, they could have gone back, maybe gotten some of the disciples to help. They could have just given up and gone home, like, oh, we're not going to be able to get in, so what are we trying to do this for? But they didn't do either of those things. For whatever reason, they kept walking. And I have no idea why they kept walking, but I am so thankful that they did, because when they arrived at the tomb, the stone was already rolled away. And an angel was sitting on top of it waiting for him. When some, like when someone of authority in Israel at that time, when someone in authority was sitting, that meant, I'm about to do some teaching. Y'all better listen up. And this angel is sitting there, not only to show them that the tomb was open, but that the tomb was empty. Jesus wasn't there anymore. You know why? He was alive. Thank you. He was alive. Guys, I can't imagine being one of those women walking up there. My dreams are shattered. I just watched my Savior get crucified on a cross. But they walk up and they find out, no. Yeah, that did happen three days ago, but it's over now. Jesus is back. I don't know about y'all, but that makes me really excited. I, I'm, all, of these, all of these stories and these examples that I'm showing you exist to tell you that life is hard and life is scary. It's just the simple truth. It's hard and it hurts. And we're going to deal with anxiety and fear and depression. And like I said earlier, I don't know how long your battle with that is going to be. If you're walking through this, it could be, like I said, a day, a week, a month. It could be when you meet Jesus. But what I can tell you is that God is there. God is there with you every moment. Even when you think that you're alone, you're not. Because he told you, he told you that he would never be alone. And look around this room. Are you the only person sitting in it? No. This is a place for community. This is a place where we love on each other in the hard times. Because I'm telling you, if I had been hiking that mountain by myself, I would have not even gotten through the valley. And you go through the valley before you even get to the mountain. I would have quit there. But I had a community around me encouraging me and giving me an opportunity to encourage others. And that's how I did it. And I'm telling you, these legs have not seriously exercised since like seventh grade. So physically, I shouldn't have been able to get up that mountain. God gave me strength in my legs and strength in my heart and strength in my mind and strength in my soul to do it. And that's what he does for each and every one of us when we get up in the morning. Right? <laughs> okay. So here's what we're going to do. You guys remember the cards that you filled out earlier? Some of my small group leaders are going to pass those back out. And the goal is that you are not going to get the card that you had initially. And let me tell you why. Because these cards are there to show you that you are not alone. You are not the only one to struggle with the things that you've struggled with. And I know that it feels like that, but this card is a reminder that it's not. It's not true. 
It is a lie that the enemy wants to feed you. So as you take these cards and as you look at the response, you might see people who have suffered with the same things. You might see someone who circled no on every card. Is that a discouragement? No. If there is somebody in this room who's never walked through any of this, that means they're strong and they're ready to encourage. So if that was you, encourage someone who's walking through something hard. Because you can. Because we need to. Community here is not perfect. It's not. Because we are all broken people, and sometimes we lash out and we get angry. I've had to have short accounts with some people that I've worked with today because I got snappy in the middle of running around. But there's grace for that. And if we are aware of that, like if I make a snappy comment to someone and it's like, whoa, that really hurt me, they can come up to me and they can say, hey, this really hurt me. Or I can take the initiative and I can say, hey, this was really rude of me. Right? Because we have the Spirit guiding us and showing us, hey, maybe that wasn't such a wise move. Right? So I say all of this to say that life is not perfect, that we are not perfect, but we have a God who is. And we have a God who is walking through all of the muck and the dark places and the shadows of this life with us. And not only that, but he has already walked ahead of us. He sees the promise he's given us when we will have no more pain, no more tears, no more crying, none of, none of that. It'll just be joy. Joy with him and joy with each other. Let's pray. Hey, um... Jesus, you are so good. Um, I just pray that somehow your words got through um, because your words are what need to be heard and not mine, God. God, I thank you for giving us this community even when it's imperfect um, and for showing us that you are always there. You will never walk away from us. You will never leave us for a second, God. Um, God, as we go out from here, and as we go have fun throwing paint and powder around, God, um, may that be a symbol to us as well of our community, how we can have fun together, um, like we're going to hear about next week or a couple weeks. God, we love you, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Will you guys stand? We're going to do one more song together.